Any uh, Katy Perry fans in the house? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah, we're uh, starting our series beats. And I think some of the greatest beats, the, the greatest songs, come out of the battles of life. You know, I, I thought I want to solve a debate this morning of the greatest beats ever. And it's not by the Rolling Stones. I mean, they've been touring for almost six decades. Think about that. Yeah, I picture them one day coming out, you know, here. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's not, it's not by Elvis, although he changed rock and roll history. It's not by the Beatles or, or Queen or Led Zeppelin or U2. It's not by uh, Kendrick or Eminem, although I, I like their music, uh, the clean version, by the way. But they, their lyrics are smooth. They're, they're poignant. It's not by Imagine Dragons or Lady Gaga or Coldplay. It's not by Tupac. Sorry, Pac, if you're watching this, but, uh, you know. The fact is, the greatest beats that have ever been written, the greatest songs, are by King D, David, King of Israel. You know, those, those beats have been at the top of the chart for more than 3,000 years. And I, I was thinking about the fact that when most of us think about the Psalms, we think about comfort. We think about being soothed by, by the Psalms. But really, the Psalms, when you read them, are a lot more like uh, hip-hop, I think, than they are Hallmark. Because the lyrics, when you read... They're, they're edgy, they're, they're poignant, and about half the psalms are written by David. Most of them were composed in, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of the pain, the hurt, the frustration of his life. And so my hope for this series, my prayer has been that as we look at the different beats, as we look at these psalms, that we will learn how to be very real with God and honest, and most of all, that we will sync up with the heartbeat of God. That I believe that when we do that, that beat that we get in our life will determine if we're victorious or not in our lives. You know, some of the greatest beats were written during the greatest battles of life. You know, there's a lot of history about David. David, David was a shepherd. David was a warrior. He was a giant slayer. In fact, he's the most beloved king in Israel's history. But not only do we have the benefit of reading about David and reading that history, but when you look at the, the Psalms, when you look at those beats, they're written by him, and the, those Psalms allow us to not only know what's going on in life, but this is the real linchpin here. It tells us about what's going on in David's soul, and I think that's important. You know, they expose his inner thoughts. The fact is, when you're going through something, when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a battle in your life, there, there's uh, the part that people see, right? There's the part that we give voice to. But there's also that battle inside you. 
that part that you rarely share. And that's the stuff that David shares in the Psalms. You know, the first beat I want to look at, it's uh, Psalms 59, and I'm going to pick up at, at verse 9, and we'll kind of blast through this and then talk about it. It says, you are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my refuge. I love that verse. That's been a life verse for me through the years. Some of you, when you're in the, the battles, you just need to know that God will be your strength, that God will be your fortress. I believe when, when you read that, it breathes life into you. It gives you hope. The fact is, out of that can come confidence. You know, some of you are going through battles today. Some of you are struggling in some area of your life, and you need to take that beat right there. You need to post it, put it on your mirror so you see it first thing in the morning. Maybe put it in your work cubicle, memorize it, because that beat right there can change your, your whole life, can change your perspective. It allows you to sync up with the heartbeat of God. He goes on, he says, my God loves me, and he goes in front of me, he will help me defeat my enemies. How many of you are grateful that God prepares the path before you? Yeah. You may not know what's ahead. Some of you have no clue. But God knows. God is out in front of you. God is ahead of you. God is working to, to bring about the good in your lives. The fact is, sometimes the only way you can go in life because of the circumstances you face is forward. With fear and trembling, we move forward sometimes. He says, Lord, our protector, do not kill them or my people will forget. With your power, scatter them and defeat them. David, David it's interesting, David starts with a praise initially and he affirms, and then he kind of shifts gears. He starts talking about the, the enemy. And then he says, they sin by what they say. They sin with their words. Again, he's talking about the enemy. They curse and tell lies. So let their pride trap them. Destroy them in your anger. Destroy them completely. Then they will know that God rules over Israel and to the ends of the earth, Selah. And that little word, Selah, it means take a beat. It means rest for a moment. Reflect on, on everything that, that you've just read. And then he describes the enemy here. He goes, they come back at night like dogs. They growl and roam around the city. They wander around looking for food, and they howl if they do not find enough, and then the beat's gonna shift again, and David, David closes here, he goes, but I will sing about your strength, and in the morning I will sing about your love. You are my what? Defender, my defender, my place of safety in times of trouble. Christ followers, I want you to know today that you have the eye of the tiger. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I have the eye of a tiger. 
Friends, if you understand that, if you understand who God is, if you understand who you are, if you understand, this is really important, if you understand who you belong to, with God, you can face anything. With God, you can fight like a champion. With God, I believe you can roar. I believe that with all my heart. You know, this psalm, this psalm contains a wide range of emotions when, when you read it. David goes from talking about God being his strength to his struggles. He starts talking about his enemies and the battles, and, and then it gets really personal because you can tell he's, he's amped about it. But friends, today what I want to do, I want to talk about having the eye of the tiger. I want to talk about being the fighter in life, dancing through the fires of life. And understanding and believing, just as David did, I am a champion. I am a champion. In fact, the Apostle Paul declares it this way. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that I don't feel loved. There are times that I feel defeated. There are times that I believe we all have, maybe you have them today, that you struggle. You struggle with the battle. But friends, you've got to remember that you are a fighter. You are a champion. You are more than a conqueror and that you can roar in your life. I mean, do you believe that? You know, Isaiah, God's God's speaking here. He says, so no weapon that is used against you will defeat you. You will show those who speak against you, you're wrong. These are the good things my servants receive. Their victory comes from me, says the Lord. Now, before we proceed with this, because I do not want to be misquoted or misunderstood, and I want to be very clear When I say God is our fortress, you know, our defender, I am not saying that God is your fortress from trouble, from problems. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God is your fortress in the trouble, in the problems. God is not your fortress from trouble, In other words, you're going to go through that stuff, but God's your fortress in the trouble. Many times, I think, we, we look and we go, okay, I'm in trouble. And the fact is, you're not. You're in training. You're in preparation in your life. What you see as trouble, what you see as a problem, a struggle, God sees as training. God sees as preparation for you. You know, David, David wrote the, the psalm at a very successful time in his life. On one hand, he's very successful. David has, has been anointed. He's been anointed by the prophet Samuel. He's to be the next king of Israel. He's to replace King Saul. And David, David's chosen, and when God chooses David, 
he makes it very clear that David is special. I want you to think about the creator of the universe calls David a man after my own heart. Israel is at war. Their enemy is the Philistines, and they're battling them. David's brothers are at, they're kind of positioned on the front lines in the, in the war. And every day, the Philistine giant, Goliath, he comes out and he taunts the Israeli army. He taunts them. I mean, he's belligerent, actually. Every day, he challenges someone, anyone, to fight him. And day after day after day after day, this goes on, and no one will accept the challenge. Why? Well, they're, they're afraid. They're afraid. One day, David, he's visiting his brothers. He's out by the battlefield. Goliath is making his daily challenge. He's taunting Israel, disrespecting God. And David, the, this man whose heart beats with God, this guy that's got the eye of a tiger, he's a fighter. I mean, David has the heart of a champion. He accepts the challenge. Goliath, he's nine and a half foot tall. He's big. He's loud. He's defiant. Belligerent. David steps on the battlefield. Friends, before he throws a stone, now spoiler alert, if you've never heard this story, before Goliath goes down, <laughs> the principle I want you to catch here, take a beat, I want you to understand before the battle, you got to sink your heart up with God. Do not, do not wait until the battle is won to give glory to God. In other words, don't wait for the sea to part and you're standing on dry ground to declare that God's able to part the sea. You know, do not wait until you have all the answers in life before you move forward, before you praise God. You know, God, God's looking for somebody who will shout before the first brick falls from the wall. God's looking for somebody that will blow the trumpet when you're looking in the face of your enemy. God's looking for someone, anybody, that will roar before that wall comes down. See, God's looking for people that will face Goliath in life. And in case you don't know the story, I mean, David, as he steps on the battlefield, he kind of grabs the mic and takes a to song, really. David, David say, says this, but David said to him, he's talking to Goliath, they're one-on-one -on -one now. You come to me using a sword and two spears, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, all-powerful, the God of the armies of Israel. You have spoken against him. You know, with the heart of a champion, David's going to roar now. He goes, today, today, you need to know this, Goliath. The Lord will hand you over to me, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Today, 
I'll feed the bodies of the Philistine soldiers to the birds of the air and the wild animals. Then all the world will know there is a God in Israel. I mean, can you hear that beat? It's got a rhythm to it. It is deafening beat. I believe it's a defining beat because David declares what God's going to do. Why does he do that? Everyone gathered here will know the Lord does not need swords or spears to save the people. The battle belongs to him, and he will hand you over to us. Wow. David's confidence is not just in words. David's living on it. I mean, he's standing there face to face with Goliath. It's confidence that declares victory before the battle. See, it's not praising God for outcomes that you're presently experiencing. It's praising God for the promises that are yet to come. And let's talk about the battle a little bit. Nobody would fight Goliath. For 40 days, every morning, Goliath, he comes out on the battlefield. He bellows. He gets nasty. He's taunting Israel. He's disrespecting God. David, David hears it. David's heart just it kind of missed a beat. Did I just hear him say that about my God? David accepts the challenge, and, and he tells Saul, he says, I'll fight him. Saul, if you read the story, I'd encourage you to do that, but Saul looks at David and he sees a boy. He sees a boy, and then there, there's a, a point where David's trying to tell him, look, I'm a fighter. I'm a champion. You know, I can do this. And Saul ju- just looks and he, he's seeing what he can see physically. He's like, David, you need armor. You don't even have armor. You know, you don't even have a sword. David's like, no, I don't have one yet. But after I use what's in my hand, I'll knock him down and take his sword. I'm going to cut his head off. And that's exactly what David did. David's victorious. Sometime later, we're told uh, David, as he marches into the city, he's carrying the head of Goliath. Anybody that says the Bible's born has never read it, by the way. David, the anointed, future king. David, the warrior. David, the the champion. God's champion. People, People are lining the streets. It says they danced. They sang. Saul's slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul hears the song. He wants rid of David. And from that point on, Scripture says Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And it's in that context there that David writes Psalms 59. David begins to call on God again to be his strength, 
in life. Friends, you have to understand the struggle here, I think, to understand the strength. You know, the, the presence of God in your life and in mine does not mean the absence of problems. And if you don't get anything else, I want, I want you to get this. Your greatest testimony will come out of your greatest trial. Your greatest beat, your greatest song will come out of the greatest battles in your life. They, it will become a tune in your life. David, David's a celebrity at this point. He's rising in power. He's the anointed future king. But Saul, Saul's still the king. And so you've, you've, in spite of this tension that exists between David and Saul, David faithfully served Saul. Scripture says this, once more, war broke out. And David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them down with such force that they fled before him. Once more, war broke out. Friends, it never stops. The battles never stop. The wars never stop. You know, you, you don't kill Goliath, get a medal, go home, and stare at your trophy for the rest of your life. You know, as a kid uh, growing up, I was thinking about every time I heard the story about David and Goliath, it always ended with Goliath hitting the ground, <laughs> and they just kind of left it there. Do you know what reward David got for that victory? Another battle. After David beats and kills Goliath, guess what? He gets to fight again and again and again. I mean, that's how it is in life. You get that promotion. Guess what? You get to manage people. And guess what? People are difficult. You get that dream house. Well, guess what? You got to take care of it and you got to maintain it, and you got to clean it. And so if we stop with David's victory, we miss the whole point of the story. You know, David kills Goliath, and Saul says to him, says, I have something bigger for you to do now. And so today I wonder, what, what's your battle? What is it you're battling, struggling with, frustrated with? Do you really want God to answer your prayer? Something to think about. Because there's always something new. Once more, war broke out. Saul needs people to fight. And, and this is a strange thing to me as you read the, read the story because he asked David to lead an army. He asked David, a guy he, he does not like. And there's something I figured out in life. Sometimes people will use you for what you can do for them. While secretly, they hate you because you pose a threat. You know, sometimes that appointment in your life that, that appears to be a gift, that opportunity, that thing, and you go, wow, how cool. It isn't a gift at all. 
You know, one of the, one of the ways uh, Saul tries to kill David is he offers his daughter in marriage. It was a different time back then. And so he offers David, his daughter, he says, but you're going to have to kill a hundred Philistines. And so really what's going on is Saul is hoping that as David's out there fighting, that he'll die in the process. David, David has drive. I mean, he has ambition. He's got a heart. And so David just goes, a hundred? I'll kill 200 for you. That's exactly what he did. You know, Scripture says that they brought back, that he brought back the foreskins of those 200 Philistines. And in case you didn't check your kids into the zone today, I'll not talk about the explanation of that, all right? Saul's intention was not to bless David. See, some things that appear to be gifts in life, I will tell you, are really curses. And some of the battles that you face in life are actually opportunities, and they are gifts. See, we have all these Philistines to fight in our life, don't we? We got Goliaths that we have to face. We have battles in our life. And when you defeat one, here comes another one. And you defeat that one, and here comes another one. There are always battles to fight. Always battles to fight. For David, the external battle was really not an issue for him. David had the eye of a tiger. He's a fighter. He's a champion. Give him a Philistine, he'll knock him down. You give him five rocks, he says, I just need one. David, his greatest battles were not the external battles. In fact, over the course of this series, you're going to learn that our, David's biggest battles were the ones that he fought inside. You know, they, they didn't stand in front of him. They're inside of him. You know, once more, war broke out. David is fighting. The Philistines are running. They're scattering. And while that battle is being won physically, he's winning that battle. There's another battle raging. You know, David, in addition to being a great warrior, one of the things we know about David, David was a great musician. In fact, incredible musician. He'd play worship songs, and people would just gather. And because of his celebrity now, he's getting to play in the courts, in the palace. And people would gather to listen to him. Scripture says this, Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. And as he sat in his house with his spear in hand, that's important, his spear in hand, David was playing music with his hand. We know David played the harp, the lyre. God's hand has been removed from Saul. Saul is, is distressed in his life. I mean, Saul is slipping away. He can't help himself. He's losing it. He's going crazy. 
And friends, it's what most people do when they feel like they're losing control in their life. You know, you, you try and fix things, and it just gets worse. You ever been there? Yeah, and so what you try and do, you try and control the situation, you try and control people, and it backfires. In fact, you start sabotaging yourself, don't you? You sabotage the situation. The fact is, the things that you're doing, you're just grasping, and pretty soon, it's, it's accelerating the process, and that's where Saul's at. You know, the only thing that, that calms the crazy in, in his life The voices that he's hearing in his head is to listen to music. And it's ironic, David's the one playing the music. It's what some of you do, don't you? Life a little crazy? So what do you do? What do you do when life gets crazy? Well, you immerse yourself in lots of stuff. Music and TV, and, and you get busy. Why, why do you do all that? Oh, so, so that you don't have to be by yourself? So you don't have to listen? You don't have to think? See, Saul, Saul's spinning out. It's dysfunctional all the way around. Da- David's in the corner. He's playing his harp. You know, Saul, Saul's holding this spear. It says, Saul tried to pin David to the wall with his spear. But David jumped out of the way. So Saul's spear went into the wall, and David runs away that night. Let me ask you something. Who is Saul mad at? Who's he fighting? I mean, on the surface, you you read the story, if you know it, it it appears to be David. But, But I wonder if that's the case. Because I don't know how many times in my life I thought I was fighting someone. But the real battle, it's inside me. I mean, I I don't know about you. But the truth is, in my life, I've been Saul way too many times. You know, fighting the wrong battles. Trying to kill what, what God's trying to use freaking out, getting in a bad mood. You know, if they would just, no, 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 no. If I would just, if I would just bless God, if I would just get in the right frame of mind, if I just fix my eyes on the Lord. You know, sometimes the greatest battles are inside of you. You know, Saul, he, he takes all the, this inner stuff and it's going around and basically he leverages it toward the person closest to him and that's David. I mean, it's what parents do. Parents do it all the time. You know, you do it with your kids. It's not that you don't love your kids. The problem is you don't love yourself. And you can't give them the love they need if the love of God's not going through you. You're not frustrated with them. You're frustrated with yourself. We have battles like this all the time, don't we? Your battle's not with your spouse. 
Young people, your battle's not with your parents. It's within you. Something raging inside. If we understood that, there wouldn't be road rage. There wouldn't be some of the Facebook posts that are out there. There wouldn't be some of the cheap shots that we take at people at work or at school or in our neighborhoods. Your battle isn't out there. The battle's inside. You know, something's broken in us. Something's wrong in your heart. It's out of sync. It's out of beat with God. The fact is you're fighting yourself. And when you're fighting that that battle within, when that wretched man rises up, when that wretched woman rises up, you strike out at whatever or whoever's in front of you, don't you? Saul, he, he throws the spear or he takes a jab at him. We're not really sure. David, the the anointed, the one that's soon to be king, the one that God sent to fight the battle for him. I, I wonder, are you fighting against something that you should be fighting for? David, (laughs) Saul hurls the spear. David has a decision to make in this moment. See, he can take his hand. He's, He's playing a harp, probably sitting down. He's playing the harp. Saul takes a shot at him. Sticks in the wall. David can grab it and throw it back. And here's the thing I know about David. David will not miss. He will nail his target. And David does what I think would have been one of the most difficult things he ever did in his life. You know what he does? Nothing. Do you know how hard it is When you have a reputation for killing giants, do you know how hard it is to not fight back? I mean, do you know how hard it is to refuse to manipulate people or manipulate things and refuse to take control that way? I mean, do you know how hard it is to do nothing sometimes? They said that about me, (laughs) I'm gonna fix them. I wish you could see uh, some of the replies I've written to people on Facebook. I've never posted them, but I wrote them. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, they're poetic. I can hit hard with words. I cannot fix a car. I cannot perform surgery. But friends, I can slice and dice I am good with words. David can throw a spear, but he doesn't. Instead, he does something really weird. He ducks. He takes off. How many of you know that God's hand is on your life? If you're a Christ follower, his hand's on your life. 
God's hand is on David's life. And I wonder, did God's hand grab that spear? Saul's a warrior. He's been in many battles. He's good with the, with the spear. But I wonder if God's hand grabbed it and said, not now, not David. Scripture says no weapon formed against me will prosper. Sometimes you keep your hand on the harp. And God will put his hand on the spear. Won't let it kill you, take you out. God can be trusted. God is my strength. God is my fortress, my defender. God will defeat my enemies. David understood that. David has his hand on the harp, and yet Saul's got his hand on the spear. And I ask you, who has the upper hand right now? Because maybe, I mean, just maybe, David understood another truth, and maybe David understood that worship is a weapon in life. I mean, maybe David understood, if I keep my hand on the harp and I keep worshiping God, I will let God fight the battle. I cannot be defeated. God's with me. And I wonder if there are any worshipers in the house today that you know God will fight your battle. You know, the, the greatest weapon, it's not a spear. It's not a rock. It's not whatever. I mean, the, the greatest weapon is when your heart beats in sync with the creator of this universe, the one that designed you, the one that's prepared a place in history for you. See, I have the upper hand when, when I claim that victory, when I declare that victory, when I understand who I am and who loves me and cares about me. It's not declaring victory when the battle's done. It's declaring the victory before it's done. It's raising my hands in praise. You know, worship, I believe, confuses the enemy and confuses our culture. You know, David understood that the hand that had plucked him out of that shepherd's field, that hand that had delivered him from the lions and the bears through the years, you know, the hand that had anointed him and created him to be the new future king, that, that hand that gave him the victory over Goliath, that that hand could be trusted in his life. The hand of God's on me, David, understood that. Saul cannot kill what God's crowned. See, David with the eye of a tiger, a fighter. David, you can almost picture him. He's dancing through the fire. I mean, this, these are the struggles of his life. But he understood, I'm a champion. And he roars. I mean, he is going to roar in his life. You know, I don't fight for victory in my life. That's the way the world fights. I fight from victory. My worship is my weapon. You know, I do not have to throw the spear. I am going to trust God. And David was victorious. 
You know, I wonder today, any spears been coming your way lately? Some of you trying to decide how you're going to respond your way? Way culture, they'll encourage you to take. Or God's way? This is my best advice to you. Sink your heart with your creator. Sink your heartbeat with God. Trust God and let God have his way in your life, whatever that is. I want to look at the verse one one more time. We'll kind of wrap up here. You are my strength, David declares. You are my strength. I watch for you. That's interesting. I watch for you. In other words, David, David was not watching Saul. David's not watching the spear. David's not fixated on the situation. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress. Ooh. It's a different perspective. The victory. See, David understood the victory already won. You do not fight for victory. Because of Jesus Christ, you fight from victory. And that's a very, very different way to live. Very different. Some of you are in battles. And what I want to do, if you're in a battle, do not fight for the victory. You need to understand today, God's already got the future plan. Victory is yours if you'll just sync up with him. I want you to stand up where you're at, and I'm going to pray for you. And then uh, our holy God, you see those that stand before you today. God, I don't know what the battle is. I don't know what the struggle. I don't know the situation. And it really doesn't matter. God, I want your Holy Spirit to whisper to them what that next step is. God, I want your Spirit to give them the strength to know that if they're moving in step with you, the victory is already theirs. God, I pray you'd give some awareness today that maybe that thing they think's a struggle it's not a struggle at all you're just preparing them that it's a blessing God give us the wisdom to know when something we think's a blessing that it's really a curse God may we move in sync with you with your Holy Spirit God I pray that uh, the days ahead that we would walk differently that we'd walk with the heart of a champion knowing that you got this God we give you the glory we give you the praise 
with all we say and do. And God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Today we're, we're celebrating in baptism. We have several that have decided to take that step in, in their life. Uh, I would dismiss those individuals so you can go prepare yourself for uh, baptism at this point. Uh, what I would ask you to do, we're going to worship in song and uh, lift our voices and praise to God this morning. And then as we leave here, if you'd go with an attitude of uh, praise and um, just reflection, those that are staying for the baptism will meet out front. If you need to leave, I understand conflict of schedules and those kind of things. If you just exit out through the cafe doors and uh, uh, do that uh, kind of quickly so that you're not uh, interfering with the baptism out front, that would be helpful. So um, uh, let, let, let's stand, let's, let's worship together. <laughs> 